Welcome to the Cape Coral Waterfront Podcast, brought to you by David Myers, a realtor with Remax Trend in Cape Coral, Florida. This is the podcast where we discuss all topics related to waterfront property in Cape Coral, making you a more savvy buyer or seller, and helping you make the most of the Southwest Florida waterfront lifestyle. And now here's your host, David Myers. Okay, welcome back to the Cape Coral Waterfront Podcast. Today in studio, I have a special guest, Blake Chapman from State Insurance USA. Yes, thanks so much. Glad to be here. Glad to have a conversation with you today. Yeah, and my wife and I have used you for real estate deals, and everybody that we send your way uh, has one common thing to say, which is that they love what you do for them. Oh, that's awesome. That's what we love to hear, and, and thanks so much for the opportunities. So how long have you been in the insurance business? So been in the insurance business about 12 years. Um, State Insurance USA is seven years old. Okay. All right. So, and you're the owner of Correct. the company. Correct. Yeah. The agency, independent insurance agency. Okay. Sure. Yeah. And um, we talked on the phone last week. And, yeah. uh, you know, one of the common things that I always hear is, you know, hey, I have an insurance guy up in New Jersey or Michigan or wherever. Why should I use a local guy? Yeah, that's, you know, the, the number one thing is why do you want to use somebody local? Because they kind of know what's happening in the local market. Florida's just different than anywhere else in the nation when it comes to property insurance, home insurance, and flood insurance more specific. So we know the flood zones. We know, hey, which carriers are going to be competitive in, in some of the underwriting. So that's why the local, you know, it can change even from zip code um, or even county or anything like that on who's going to be eligible. So that local presence really matters for sure. Right. And we also talked about the fact that you guys are like, if you call your Allstate agent, they sell Allstate products. Correct. Correct. Whereas you guys are independent. Yeah. So we, we actually look at ourselves as like a marketplace for property and casualty insurance. So whether that's flood insurance or home insurance, um, you know, and I'd say the other thing is, you know, typically we've got a lot of repetition because we're writing a lot of flood insurance policies. And if you're dealing with somebody out of state, that might be one of the first or, or they're only doing a one or two a month. Whereas if you're dealing with an agency that, you know, has been doing maybe 50 or 60 or something of that nature, they've probably seen what does it look like to grandfather an older home. So that's one of the other benefits as well, just the repetition of in the local market and knowing where to place risk. Right. And I've done deals where people use their finance guy from up north. Oh, and, yeah. And then it's it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. Where they're trying to figure out what's what. Yeah. And get acclimated to how this all works. Whereas if they use a local guy, they don't have to do that. Yeah. You, you actually you hit it on the head for sure. I mean, the, the local market's definitely different. The risks are different, right? I mean, we're in a hurricane-prone state you don't see that in a, probably 30, 35 of the other states in the nation. So, you know, hurricane, flood insurance, uh, those are the big topics definitely in Florida. And a lot of other agents don't know in other states wouldn't know how to specifically insure those risks sometimes. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's good to have a local guy um, uh, handling your stuff for sure. And insurance is one of those things. I mean, there are some things in a real estate transaction that are optional. Yeah. And I have had people who pay cash and don't get insurance. Yeah. But, you know, Ooh, man, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it can be risky. Definitely. Um, let's talk about the, the roof issue because this, is, this just happened. We talked about this on the phone. Yeah. This just happened again yesterday. Yeah. I went and showed a home. It was in the yacht club. Yeah. It was, you know, super old. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the waterfront properties, you're paying a lot of money for the dirt and the yeah. house is like semi-free. Yeah. And this guy's, I, I, first question I asked when I walked in is how old is the roof? And yeah. he said it was 16 years old. 
Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Now he said, oh, it's no problem. I just renewed my insurance. Yeah. So what's the difference between if you have a house that has a really old roof and you, is it easier to renew? It it is. So a lot of the eligibility for just with the recent back-to-back hurricane seasons, underwriting is where they'll do the discovery on, hey, what do we, what can we do to prevent losses or at least mitigate losses and, and one of the things is roofs have really um, just the roof claims have dramatically increased over the last couple of years following a hurricane, which is kind of unprecedented. So usually, you know, there's probably about a year within a year, but a lot of the Hurricane Irma claims have gone on for three years. So that's where from the underwriting perspective, why can that be such a challenge is because typically underwriting on like a tile roof, home insurance companies were good with like 40 to 50 years on a tile roof. Wow, and that's a long yeah, time. Yeah, it's a long time. And so like things these days are only 16, you know, after 16 years, you've, there was a lot of roof claims on 16 to 20 year old, 25 year old tile roofs. So the home insurance companies have looked at it and say, hey, we really have to evaluate you know, what's going to mitigate losses. And so that's why the roofs are such a big issue and, um, or whatnot. So it's not about that. They don't want to pay the claims that are, they're definitely needed to be paid. It's just the influx of claims that have happened, you know, even 36 months based on damage that probably was uh, hurricane related, or is it, or is it something that's, that's not hurricane related? And, you know, it's, it's a discussion and there's a, there's a piece in there, um, and they have to prove otherwise or whatnot. So that can be the really the challenge there or whatnot. We had a company actually just come knock on our door. Yeah, absolutely. And they're, they're out in droves right now saying, hey, listen, you know, I see some curling on your shingles. Yeah. Uh, we can just get the insurance company to buy you a new roof. Now, do you think that those types of practices where these companies are actually going out and like, yeah. I, I never would have thought of it. Right? Yeah. But when someone comes and says, hey, you could just get a new roof for 1500 bucks," Yeah. Then you're like, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate in a lot of circumstances. You know, if you have legitimate damage from a wind loss or a hurricane loss, I do believe that, hey, the insurance carrier should step in and uh, get that taken care of for you. But, you know, I mean, my one thing is it always boils back down to right now is what other profession do you, do you, if somebody comes and knocks on your door, I mean, if your doctor says, Hey, I want to do, give you a health exam, are you going to listen to them right away? And so I think it's being approached of, hey, I can get you a free roof. And that's one of the, the largest expenses that anybody will ever have probably on a home, you know, outside of the purchase date, you know, or whatnot. So, um, you know, I think that's that's where you got to – is it somebody you trust? Is this a roofer that you trust? Is this a professional that right. you trust? So, you know, I think it kind of boils back down to that. So, you know, um, yeah, if they've got good advice to give you and, and things of that nature, but um, – you know, I would say, show me the proof, you know, not just, hey, we're going to we're going to assist you in filing a claim with your insurance company. Show me the proof where the damage is and those things. And and what you'll find is most of them aren't really true professionals and they're, they're good at filing claims. And that's really it. They're not good roofers. So, right. It's a sales company with a roofing division. You got it. You got it for sure. And and I think you'll you would find that in the marketplace if you pulled really good professionals in the roofing industry and said, "Hey, is this roof really a problem?" And they would be like, "No." Ten years ago, we would have just patched that, replaced that, or repaired that and moved on, you know, or whatnot. But now there's this whole other legal arm and everything that's that's saying, "Hey, we can get you a free roof." I mean, and so that's that's the challenge that things are that are having right now. And how does that affect? 
you know, down the road. That's what um, I'm thinking. Yeah. Is like in the future, what is this going to do to the cost of insurance? Yeah. I mean, and I, so I think you kind of got to go back a, a few years and say, go back about 10 years ago and there was an influx of, of capital into the reinsurance market when there wasn't any hurricane storms and the, the economy was kind of at a downturn, right? In, in 2009, 2010, you had a lot of private equity is, and this is a story that was putting into the reinsurance as a great investment. They can make some, you know, really good investments in the insurance industry as being the reinsurance market. And that's kind of gone away in the last three or four years. That's okay. eroded. And part of the reason is, is because they estimated some of the losses, like from Irma, you have a specific carrier, let's say carrier B, where they estimated losses to be like $200 million and it's 600. So they're, the, the reinsurance company is looking at it and say, Hey, how did you estimate losses at 200,000 and now it's 600? Well, the reason is you've had roof claims and claims that have continued year after year from an event that happened three years ago. So right. that's really, and, and so, You've got those, those forces that are now, you've got reinsurance companies, you know, that were undercutting the market because there was a lot of capital in there that are now raising rates. And so they've raised their rates from the reinsurance guys where all the home insurance companies in Florida go buy their insurance to, to subrogate some, or not subrogate, but to collateralize some of their, their risk. And that's where, you know, now those rates have gone up 35% you know, from the reinsurance side. So what's that going to happen to every, right. everybody's homeowner's insurance? They're starting to see 15 to 20% changes. So yeah. anyways, there's a little bit of background on it, but that's really where it, it is. It is impacting the market in a big way. And um, yeah, and that's that's what we're kind of seeing. So it's unfortunate for sure. And we're just seeing the beginning of that. Correct, because correct. these people just knocked on our door like not long ago. Correct. And I think the other piece is, well, why is it affecting the day-to-day, like from the real estate transaction, why is it affecting, you know, it's a 16-year-old tile roof. What's the big deal, you know, or whatnot? Well, the big deal is you've got, you know, so where where they buy reinsurance, the insurance companies and their underwriters are looking at those things. Their reinsurance companies are saying, hey, you know, you can't take a chance on a 15-year-old tile roof anymore because the cost that we're going to have to incur if there's a storm or there's a wind event is so high now. So that's that's how it's affecting everyday consumers, I would say, is that the underwriting has been so tightened up because the reinsurance kind of dictates what they can and cannot do. So, I mean, they have a big piece of it. They're not everything, but that's that's probably the biggest thing for sure. Okay. So what are the actual numbers for shingle and tile roofs? Yeah, so that's, that's a great question. So I would say for shingle roofs, if it's what's called a three-tab insh- um, roof, a three-tab shingle roof. Easy, it's for, about, you, yeah, easy for you to three, say. Yeah, three-tab <laughs> shingle roof. Um, that is about 15 years. So if it's within 15 years and it's it's in great shape um, or in good shape, it doesn't have to be fantastic, right? It's going to get a little bit older as the years go on. Uh, but if it's in good shape, that's that's typically the underwriting guideline for about 80% of the market. And for what, sure. what's the definition of in good shape? I mean, will there have to be an inspection of some sort to determine I, that or it's like 15 years old doesn't leak you can get insurance correct yeah i mean eligibility wise if it's within 15 years not a problem if it's a little bit nicer shingle and architectural shingle there's a number of carriers that will go another five years so 20 years on a shingle roof. on, on a shingle roof for sure now they, they don't want if there's missing shingles and there's lifting and there's curling I mean, if there's normal wear and tear for what a, a 15-year-old shingle or 18-year-old shingle would have, then typically that's not a problem. 
at all because those are typically meant to last in Florida another 25, about 25 years roughly. So, you know, from the carrier perspective, they look at it from, hey, yeah, this has got a remaining useful life of five years. And, you know, when it gets a little bit closer to replacement, the insured's going to go ahead and replace the roof, you know, or whatnot. So that's kind of the, the background on that. Okay. And then for tile roofs, it's longer, obviously, tile and metal. Yeah, so for tile roofs, it's um, 25 with most carriers right now. It, it some are still at 40, so there is many that are at 40 as well, and some at 30. So, so here's the benefit of dealing with an independent. Correct, correct. Yeah, because when they come there and there's this circumstance that could be, you know, like if you're we're just selling one product. Correct. You would say, oh, we just don't do that. Yeah, I mean that's the major benefit right there, uh, David, for sure. Is that. Um, yeah, independent agency, instead of the, if the carrier does say, Hey, we're not going to insure you anymore because your tile roofs are 24 years old or 25 years old. Um, we will have another option for you with another company that will do that. So right. yeah, absolutely. So that's a way that we can really serve the customer or we'll have an option for you, right? Where many will say no, absolutely. Right. That's good to know. And that's see, like, um, for a listing agent, it's good to have that information because, um, you could sell that as value to potential uh, to other agents that bring buyers. Cause if another agent doesn't know that mm-hmm. and you run into a lot where like some agents don't even know about this roof issue at all until the inspection. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's sitting there anticipating that this deal is done. Yeah. The inspection happens. They find out the roof is 14 years old. Someone might've talked to their insurance carrier in New Jersey who said, Oh, 14 years, you can't do it. Now the deal falls apart because the buyer doesn't know that there's a secondary market for any of that or other carriers who may potentially insure that property. Correct. Correct. And I think the, I think the other thing too, is we got to change the narrative a little bit. And from some of these transactions where it's like, Hey, it's a 16 year old tile roof. Hey, it's, Oh, well there's one tile or a couple tiles or there's a leak on the roof. Does that really warrant a replacement? And so like the climate in Florida right now is that if, if you've got any tile issue, you know, uh, with your tile roof, oh, well, I probably need to replace the whole thing. And that's a lot of roofers have leaned to that too, because they've seen insurance companies be pretty, um, you know, up there and, and actually paying out claims for it. So the yeah. narrative needs to change a little bit as well is that, hey, you know, not everything warrants a replacement and maybe it might be a small repair and work through that. The insurance carrier will, you know, will a lot, usually a lot of times allow that as well, you know, say, hey, yeah, I can see that's just a small repair. Wow, they took care of it. That's fantastic. That's an insurer that's being proactive to, you know, mitigate any future losses possibly down the road. So I think that's important because the climate definitely is is pushing to be like, if there's anything. Right. Just you, throw it away. Just throw it away. You know, and absolutely. And, and yeah, I mean, and I think there's other areas that sometimes that, that comes into play, but most things can be repaired, updated, you know, I mean, then that would have been, you know, in the past, it would have been like, let me update that area. Um, you know, or any of that, you know, or whatnot. So, yeah, that, I would think we need to kind of lean a little bit back to that because there might be, you know, 95% of it that's not a problem and still has 25 years remaining useful life. We'll update the area that's of concern. Right. Yeah. And you know, people, like I said, try to use that. Like the buyer, like, wants a new roof. Yeah. So uh, understandable. Yeah. The seller doesn't want to pay 20 grand to do it. Yeah. So, absolutely. For sure. Um, but, but knowing like what the truth is and, having people that could actually give you all the options is definitely the def- solution. Definitely. Um, and uh, let's talk about the four point inspection. Sure. Sure. What are the four points? 
So the four points are the roof, the electrical, plumbing, and AC systems. And so it just dives into kind of an overview of those inspections, not really super in-depth like a home inspection would be, but, you know, as far as the roof, is there any leaking? Is there any curling? Is there anything that's any damage that needs to be repaired? Or what's And then what is the remaining useful life is usually what will be on there. So that will be noted on a four point as far as for the roof section. The AC is, hey, when was the AC last updated? Um, is there any issues with it? Is it a central AC system or is it a window unit um, you know, or whatnot? Electrical is dealing with the panel. Is it a problematic panel um, or when was it last updated? Does it have copper? Does it have aluminum wiring? And then the third is the plumbing. Does it have a, a problematic plumbing system like polybutylene or is it have an older water heater? So it's trying to find those things. And so it's just trying to, to see as an overview inspection to see if those things are in the um, – satisfactory condition so it's not that they have to be brand new right and uh it's just that they need to be in a satisfactory condition or not a problematic um issue that is is known to cause insurance claims and so it uh, when the inspection is done home inspectors do the four-point inspection they can do it i mean as far as the way that i'm kind of always i was told it's done is, is so you'll have the home inspection done and then they can add it on or do it as an addition or, or do it with it. So, yeah, I mean, it all depends on the home inspector. But, yeah, they are already doing all the points that right. they would need for a four-point. So they just basically will fill out the additional form. And, you know, there's some, some pictures that go along with it. So they can complete it at the same time. Absolutely. It's not additional. And um, let's talk about the uh, – because you mentioned electrical panels. Correct. We spoke about this before. And this just happened to my wife had a listing, and they had a Challenger panel. Correct. And – um they found out that that was like no bueno. Yeah, abs- for, for the insurance. Absolutely. I mean, and there are four of them. You said right. Correct. Correct. And what are those four? The four that come up the most are, are Challenger, Zensco, um, Sylvania, and um, Federal Pacific are the ones that we see the most. So Challenger, Zensco, Sylvania, and um, Federal Pacific FPE is what we call it. And sure. I'll put those. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'll have that all in the you know in the um, details below. And if you're listening to it on a podcast, I'll put it in the show notes so that you have those. So if you go out in your garage and you see that you have one of those four panels, correct, uh, it, yeah. it might be an issue when you go to list your home. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's, it's twofold. Yeah. I mean, definitely, you know, you'll, that will be out of the gate. You'll have several that will see that on a four point B from an insurance agent perspective and say, we can't insure you. Now, there's probably, there's still a few carriers that will still accept some of those panels. Some people see that, wow, I didn't realize that was an issue, and they want to be proactive and just update that anyways. Um, because, you know, hey, that's that's where your main electrical system it could be a fire hazard. But I would say if you've got a home that's 2000 and newer or late 90s and newer, it's it's not going to be a problem panel-wise typically. So, yeah. And even it didn't cost that much to replace the panel. But the thing is, is when you go through a home inspection, like, you know, people, when they go out shopping for a home, they're in the excitement phase. You know? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then um, as soon as you sign the contract, then you're always second-guess yourself and say, oh, my God, did I do the right thing? And then when you go through a home inspection and they say, oh, this has a panel in it that's like, you know, yeah, a disaster. Yeah. Even though it's 1500 bucks. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Like, you don't want to have to go through that during the home inspection process. You want to know about these things ahead of time oh, yeah, absolutely. so that you can mitigate them beforehand. Definitely. So, because now instead of in the middle of a home inspection period, it's like we have a panel here that's a fire hazard. Yeah. Instead of that, 
you're on the listing, you're saying brand new electrical panel, yeah. which is like, you know, amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So it's, uh, you could, it could either be a huge benefit or a big problem, but you, that's why you got to know about it ahead of time. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. You know, that's what I would advise to, if you can be proactive on it and find out about it in advance, that's really helpful. I mean, and typically the, the carriers that are going to be more competitive are definitely going to, you know, not allow those things. So yeah, absolutely. So you want to get the most competitive rate then, uh, yeah, you definitely want to make sure those four points are, are in, in good order. And uh, another thing that a lot of people may not know is that the insurance company will actually come out to do an inspection after yeah. you buy the property. Correct. Um, it, I would say it's probably 80% of the time now. So you, those are those are done, a four-point and a wind mitigation or whatnot are done, or a home inspection or one, are usually done prior to a home insurance policy being written. Well, now those are pre-bind is what we would call them in our world. So pre-binding of the insurance. And, um, but once we put a binder in place or put a policy in place, about 80% of the carriers these days will go out and do their own. They don't necessarily call it a four point. What we call it is an insurance risk inspection. And, um, and they'll do those evaluations on the same thing, but you would be ahead of the game if you kind of already knew. Uh, what was there and, and what needed to be updated and things of that nature. So Right. And we talked about like hot water heaters, if the hot water heater is too old, like what did you say was twenty years? Yeah, twenty years on a water heater. Uh typically it's it's fifteen as well. So some will go to twenty, but most is fifteen, believe it or not. So yeah. Right. So that that could be something where, you know, because like inspection items are usually have to do with uh some sort of deficiency. Like if the hot water heater is leaking. Yeah or it's inoperative or there's some obvious signs of corrosion or something, then it could fail the home inspection. Correct. If there's nothing wrong with it physically or visually, then it could pass the home inspection. But you could find out after the fact when the insurance inspector comes out that you need to replace it. Correct. So yeah. this is, these are just things to, mentally to keep note of as a buyer so that um, you, know, you would know that this is potentially going to happen. Someone's going to come out and inspect the home, yeah. and this could be an issue. Yeah, definitely, for sure. I mean, and there might not be any issue with it, but again, it goes back to just that insurance underwriting. They just require it to be within that that year. So there's not a lot of gray room in there. Sometimes they might give a year or something like that till replacement, but usually once it hits that 15 years, and you know, one of the other things I would say, it depends on where it's located as well. So if it's located outside in a garage or whatnot, you might be able to get a little bit more time on that with an insurance company. Okay. If it's inside, they look at it could cause a bigger loss, right? Think of 40, 50 gallons of water being dumped on your, on your floor or whatnot, or, right. you know, <laughs> near your cabinets and everything else. It, it can be quite a disaster. That's a ton of water. Um, but yeah, so anyways, but yeah, out, outside in the garage can sometimes a lot of carriers will give a little bit, a few more years for sure. Um, one of the things we didn't talk about yet is flood insurance. You touched on it a little bit, but flood, yeah. flood insurance, like in Cape Coral, basically is everywhere, right? Correct, correct. So there's really actually three ways to buy it now. We used to always say, hey, there's only one way, right? And it's through the National Flood Insurance Program. Your homeowner's policy doesn't in- include it and it excludes it. Um, and that's that's the way it was for many, many years, for sure. And uh, But that's kind of really changed in the recent four or five years. So there's really actually three ways to, to buy flood insurance. And one is still through the National Flood Insurance Program. So you can get a, an option there. That's That will always be there through the NFIP is what we call it or the National Flood Insurance Program. The second is by endorsement. Some carriers will allow you to endorse on or add on flood insurance to your homeowner's policy now. Now, I will say that if it's in a heavy or a, um, a lo- where the, it's an increased flood hazard area, 
most carriers aren't aren't opting to allow that then you still will need to go through the national flood insurance. But in some of the less chance areas, you can still add it on as an endorsement. And then the third is a private flood insurance where it's just a standalone policy uh, that kind of competes with the national flood insurance as well. So, yeah, those are three ways to buy. Is Cape Coral, Fort Myers area one of those high-risk areas? Yeah, different segments. I mean, so, you know, depending on where you're at. So, um, you know, the zones are, are pretty straightforward. VE, flood zone, that's your high velocity flood zone. That's going to be more of the coastal, think of beachfront property, things of that nature, uh, where there could be some wave action. And um, that's the highest risk right there. Um, Sanibel, uh, Fort Myers Beach. I don't know of any in the city of Cape Coral in, or in Fort Myers, but uh uh, that would be more your coastal regions all the way down, you know, anything coastal. Look at it that way. Uh, AE is the next step uh, below. Still in a special flood hazard area. Probability of chance is still very high and, um, you know, or whatnot. And so they're a little bit less severe as a VE flood zone. Um, yes, Cape Coral, uh, a lot of the older areas um, in Cape Coral are definitely in an AE flood zone. Um, and most of, uh, yeah, I mean, anything that's in a special flood hazard area in Lee County, uh, would fall into that AE flood zone for sure. And then there's there's two others. There's an AH flood zone, which is a little bit less than an AE flood zone. And um, cost as the cost goes down as you, you drop into the less, more of a, like a moderate flood zone as well. So uh, typically like an AE is going to be a little bit higher. Um, but anyways, jump back. AH is, um, you know, Collier County has, has a good amount out in uh, Golden Gate Estates. And, and then there is some in, in Lee County as well. And then the X zone, which is not that you're not in a flood zone, you're just in a preferred flood zone. So it's kind of a little bit deceiving as we say, you know, hey, it's an X zone. That means that the probability of chance is extremely low, but it still could happen. And I would say from the data that the National Flood Insurance Program has, there's 25% of flood claims actually happen in a preferred risk or an X zone. So I would say that's one of the things that, that we see and we have to kind of debunk the most is that just because you're in an X zone, um, doesn't mean that you're not in a flood zone. You're not at a lender required where the the governments require that if, if there's a mortgage on the property, um, that you don't have to have flood insurance in an X zone. So that's really what that is. But X is just what they've labeled it. Right. And the cost of your property being flooded without insurance is... Uh, devastating, devastating. And it, it doesn't take much. I mean, you know, we all think of the, the, uh, the Hollywood movies and where the floods coming over the homes and everything. Right. right? But right. It, it doesn't take much. I mean, you know, I would say from the Irma claims we've seen, it, you know, it was a foot, it was six inches of water that, that devastated homes down in Bonita Springs area, uh, Bucking, Buckingham, uh, a lot of other areas. Those were all preferred risks, a majority of them. And so it didn't take much. It was only, you know, uh, it wasn't catastrophic, right? Flooding, but damage, yes, definitely. I mean, I would say it doesn't take long to add up, you know, a hundred thousand dollars in some homes. And you think of all the the baseboard and the drywall, and it's the all mold, damage, right? Yeah, that's the mold coming that starts right away, right? And uh, you know, I mean, Florida's climate—you imagine water and everything, humidity. I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. We're we're a breeding ground for those things for sure. And um, what are some ways that people can get like additional discounts? Sure. Uh, additional discounts on on flood insurance specifically, or on on homeowners insurance, on or? just homeowners insurance. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, dealing with um, we'll jump to the home insurance. So home insurance discounts. The best way to, to be able to get discounts there. So if you have a home that's two thousand one and older, 
a wind mitigation inspection is very, very helpful for that. Okay. And that kind of list date does the home have hurricane protection as far as shutters or impact glass, uh, anything of that nature, along with has the roof been updated? Has some of the strapping that holds the roof system on been updated? And so on older homes, that can be very beneficial. So that wind mitigation inspection could be uh, very beneficial. I mean, other discounts that can be applied, uh, gated community, uh, burglar, fire alarm. Oh, um, really? Okay. Yeah, so those those are discounts as well that, that can help out on a um, homeowner's insurance policy for sure, uh, definitely. And, um, and when it comes to flood insurance, elevation certificates can be very helpful. One of the other best ways to get a discount is to multi-line the policies with the same carrier. So that might be uh, via flood insurance with being with the home company or your auto insurance uh, being with the home company. So there's a lot of discounts that can be given uh, for doing that as well, or your boat, uh, placing that with the same company. Um, so you know, bundling can be helpful as well. Um, but again, it's not always helpful depending on where the, the home's located and the risk as well, for sure. Now, can you guys help people with that? Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Uh, one of our, a few of our carriers actually we can bundle with, um, on the auto insurance, uh, home insurance, um, things of that nature, for sure. Now, it's not always the best option, and so that's what we we really dissect into, or or we um, evaluate and say, actually, this home insurance company is a lot less expensive or more competitive, and your auto insurance is best here. So we can bundle those things together inside the agency. Um, so that's really what we do. We do that evaluation, and if hey, if it's best all with one company. Um, and there's some benefits in that. We'll do that. If it's best with having it segmented and, and bundled inside the agency, uh, we'll do that as well. So it's all about what's best for the customer for sure. Yeah. And that's one of the things that my wife and I really liked about working with you guys is that you're not just trying to sell stuff. You know, it's like when you call a company and they're just trying to sell you like extra stuff. Yeah. You know? So if it makes sense to, yeah. to do it that way, great. And that's why a lot of people just want to use their same insurance company from somewhere else. But it it's it never hurts to ask or to, you know it never it doesn't cost to talk so yeah. it's um we've recommended your company a lot and everybody's been happy yeah no we appreciate it and that's that's huge referrals are amazing for us and thanks so much you know i would say the, the other thing is you always see sometimes people go back to maybe an agent up north or or anything of that nature and it's just somebody that they feel like that they like and trust right it's usually what we hear right hey that's right. somebody i like i've been dealing with them forever they've never steered me wrong you know or, or what have you and I, I think it's a step further you know we saw we call it love and trust and we feel like hey if, if we really truly care for them we actually love the individual and want to make sure that one day if they do have a claim they're taken care of um, that's really what builds trust there for sure. So, you know, I, I would say it's that trusted piece that they, f- they fall back on. And I think if you have someone giving you a true evaluation says, this person really cares for me and I, this is somebody I can trust. then that that's, that's who you need to go with for sure. You know, and those, those things take a little bit of time to develop, but, um, you can usually, usually see, but, um, anybody doing a fair evaluation and saying, Hey, this is the best option for you. Um, is huge. And then the other thing is, you know, once you've been doing the insurance stuff for long enough, you know, claims do happen, you know, and, and right. hurricanes do happen and they will happen again, right? Or, or floods do happen and uh, accidents do happen. And, and you know, it's a, a home insurance, an auto insurance or any type of policy is just paper until you actually need it. And so I think that's really what, hey, is this is this policy, this contract that I have that the insurance uh, agent suggested for me, is this going to be what I need at that at that hour, that that time um, when, you know, hey, everything's is chaos. I right? got an accident. 
hurricane hit my home, destroy the roof. Um, and so that, that's really, hey, is this policy going to perform? And um, the evaluation. So that's one of the things we try to do is say, hey, this is how this policy actually performed for other customers in the same area. And so we have those stories. And I think that's really helpful as well. Okay. One other thing I wanted to ask you, because I've had people say this more than once as well. They have hurricane panels for their house. Yeah. But it's kind of a hassle to put them up. Yeah. So a lot of people will just say, hey, you know what? When the hurricane's coming, I just look to see if my policy's paid up and leave. Yeah. Is there some type of, like, if you had hurricane panels and you didn't put them up, is there some type of, like, downside insurance-wise? You know, I mean, the the downside is, is I would just say, hey, you would want to, you still got deductibles, right, and things of that nature that in the event of a, a loss, uh, so you want to do everything you can to preserve your property. Right. Um, but as far as if, if there's they're just not put up or it's an, an accident, hey, I just couldn't get to it or whatnot. But I would say you want to do every proactive measure to do it. Um, but in the event something still strikes, I mean, accidents happen. Usually it's sudden and accidental, right? I mean, hurricanes, we're lucky with all the... Uh, I would say just the you know the, the weather channel and everything they let us know it's coming for weeks these days right because right. it's great great press and so uh, that's one thing that we can really um, you know respond to so I would say get be a little proactive on it and uh, that will be helpful but as far as it directly uh, affecting the way a claim paid out no I haven't seen that at all okay great all right so um, state insurance USA if people actually do want to talk to you because yeah. I mean it's clear that you know what you're talking about yeah. Um, if people want to talk to you, how would they get a hold of you guys? Yeah, absolutely. We just want to be a resource, you know, when it comes to uh, your insurance needs and things of that nature. We have a great website that has a lot of the information that, that we specialize in along with, hey, here's what we're doing in the community as well. And then all our team members, uh, just a bio on them and, and how you can get in contact with us. So our website's pretty simple. It's stateinsuranceusa.com. And a uh, best phone number for us is a local number, uh, 239-567-9992. Or an email for me is Blake, B-L-A-K-E, at stateinsuranceusa.com. Uh, all those are great ways. Hey, even if it's just a quick question. It doesn't always have to be like, hey, I want an insurance quote. You know, hey, Blake, I'm having a problem with, um, you know, a carrier. Or, or hey, how would you... Um, you know, do you have any suggestions on how I could save or or anything anything dealing with that? You know, I'm in the middle of a claim. Do you have any good advice that you can give me? Um, you know, that's what I'm all about these days is how can we help? Um, and I think that's very really helpful for sure to individuals at a time of need. So excellent. Well, hey, I want to thank you for taking the time to come in. It's been um, very enlightening. When I talked to you on the phone the other day, like you brought up several things, and I've been doing this for a while, but you know, to get to sit down with a guy that knows his stuff great and great is is really good and if you guys are buying or if you just own a property and you want to get you know your your policy requoted or ask questions get a hold of blake or one of the team members over at state insurance usa absolutely we'd love to do that thanks so much appreciate it thanks for having us on and uh glad to do it yeah we'll talk to you guys real soon all right thanks okay thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the cape coral waterfront podcast If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me by telephone at 239-529-0555, by email at waterfrontluxury at gmail.com. And if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever it is that you consume podcasts. Stay tuned for the next episode, and I'll see you 
Out on the Waterfront. <laughs> <laughs>